you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Around the NFL Podcast. Struggles to fit in at corporate functions. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left and Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? I think we, we struggle to fit in at corporate functions. Other times we're simply left off the invite list right. and a glaring omission that's you know obviously we we track heavily and there is there is also and we should be fair to ourselves there are other times uh where a little later into the corporate function you know daddies get a little loose we actually become a, a, a main central driver of the yeah, entertainment I don't think you guys, side of it i don't think you guys struggle at all well, I think on that angle, that also, you know, ultimately undo- undoes us as well. Yeah, and if Wes was here right now, and uh, what, things are going great with Wes, who got out of the hospital, and uh, things are looking up, so great news with uh, Christopher. If Wes was here right now, he would say, "I don't go to no functions where they ask me to put on a penguin suit." Well, he's he has never gone to one, so that is correct. He and it's always been about, <laughs> for whatever reason, even though Wes, like all of us, loves an open bar. Uh, free food's nice too, but especially an open bar. Don't tell him to put on a tie. Even though nobody has to wear a tie, at some point Wes said, do not ask me to put on a jacket or a tie to go to a work function, so he's never gone. He went to, I think he went to one Christmas party early where it was a little dressy that he got a little dressed up, and he, he got spooked. It was it was a bad experience for Wes. <laughs> never been once, since. Once, yeah, once it happens once, he's out. I want to thank Mark for uh, playing Hurt right now. He's wearing a really um, awkward-looking, uh, what would you call that, like a brace type thing on your it finger? It's on my left index finger. Well, it's a sling, according to that. Not a sling. Uh, but a, splint. A, a splint. A splint. splint. Thank, thank, thank you, you Erica. Yeah. In fact, the reason he's wearing that splint is directly tied to the throne of sleaze. And, Mark, why don't you explain how you came to have this grisly uh, laceration of your pointer finger. It is a very deep cut on the inside of my index finger, and it came yesterday during a, a ridiculous uh, day off right in the middle of the week. And no plans, so I was at home 
trying to make one of these Tom Brady meals that got shipped to our house. A Tom Brady meal. Yeah. You were just trying to enjoy your off day. Yep. And Tommy Terrific yep. says, hey, take out the sharpest knife in the kitchen to cut up these ridiculous vegetables. That, I don't know if that's that was in the instructions, taking out the sharpest knife. No I'll, nightshades. I'll take some, uh, some you know, blame myself for being a ridiculously bad cook, but it does link back to Tom Brady. And do I hear from the Patriots or from Tom Brady when this went down? Not yeah. a word. Did you when you <laughs> went, reached out for the request for the the cookbook two hundred dollars? Did they say, "Hey, we'll we'll shoot one over your way"? No, uh, no, no, not a high level off. of cooperation. In fact, that project has essentially been deep six. So, <laughs> but just remember, Tom Brady's telling you to take out a sharp knife. He has his mm. people prepare his breakfast, but and lunches for for the common man for a Mark Sessler. You're, you're taking your life in your own hands. He doesn't put that in the book. I mean, again, I, I take almost entire full blame for this, but you know, you don't I, I like it, where Mark. you're going with it. You don't have to say it. Let me do it. Okay. <laughs> today's show, I'm excited about today's show, and you know why. You know what it is. It's the Fantasy Extravaganza. And I already see one of the special guests, Matt Franchise, is back there. Matt, we just started the show. <laughs> I know. I just, I just. We should have given you a heads up. Sent you up. a message just now. Sorry about that. Yeah, we got pushed back. Matt behind the glass, just so you know. But uh, Franchise is going to be here. Marcus Grant, uh, two of the stalwarts um, in fantasy coverage here at NFL Media, going to join us, and we're going to talk some overvalued and undervalued players. As you, you should be having your fantasy drafts starting now. Um, by now, I mean after the week three preseason game. We got into that a little bit. Um, so hopefully you're waiting that long and holding off. Common sense uh, is what it's all about. Uh, but uh, we'll have you covered this weekend if your draft's this week. And my draft is on Sunday. I'm very excited. Uh, and then we'll do another part two and get some other of the fantasy guys in here uh, next week. Uh, probably next Wednesday. So two-part show. And I know, Mark, you're very excited here. It's an episode that couldn't possibly end quickly enough. Right. <laughs> because think about it. I mean, whenever we can do a fantasy show, it's very exciting because you could get uh, Greg here, Roto World Brick by Brick. We got these fantasy guys in-house. Uh, we lean on them. Wes, unfortunately, not with us, but also a Roto World alum. I am the host. I keep things moving. And Mark's also here. I'm, yeah, with it, you know, and I would say that my lack of a role is more glaring than ever. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to do our fantasy extravagant, fantasy extravaganza part one. Uh, in the second half of the show, the first half of the show, we're going to talk about the two preseason games uh, week three earlier. Just touch on some things, take a couple takeaways from that uh, and also some strange things brewing uh, with the New York Jets. What else is new? But uh, before we do any of that, we will say hello formally to Erica behind the glass. I call her LC because she's a loose cannon. What's up, Erica? Is that like <laughs> offensive or is it a compliment? You have, I mean, take you- it as you will. Take it as you will. Okay. Okay. I think it's good. We've never really had a loose cannon. I mean, you just called before the show. You called yourself one of the cool kids. So I think loose cannon, what you would take that positively. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep people on edge. Erica is wearing a white t-shirt right now with a pack of cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve. That's right. Yep. One in the air, too. She's a greaser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do some news. Well, at the end of the day, this is a rip-off. All right, here we go. Let's start with the preseason action 
from Thursday night, uh, specifically the Panthers and Jaguars game, which leading into the game, of course, uh, there was intrigue because the decision was made by Doug Marone to move away from Blake Bortles as the starter, uh, you know, which is a major, major decision organization-wise because of how much was invested in Bortles as the third overall pick a couple years ago, guy who threw uh, 35 touchdowns a couple years ago, and all of a sudden now Chad Henney, of all people, uh, is going to be the guy starting the third game of the preseason. Uh, Greg, uh, your thoughts on this game and the performances of the two quarterbacks? I think there was nothing that could have changed from this game. Henny didn't do much. Henny was Chad Henny. You know, they didn't. They only scored when they had a short field and got some penalties. He did make two nice vertical throws. One of them was caught. One of them wasn't. But otherwise, he was very uninspiring. The protection was very bad, so you couldn't really blame him totally. Bad running game. That's a, It reminded me, hey, the Jaguars offense has more problems than just Blake Bortles. There's a lot going wrong. And Blake Bortles comes in in the second half. They keep the starting offensive line in basically the entire game. And he does lead two touchdown drives. But his first drive, he had a fluttering pass that was intercepted. So I don't think you can say Bortles, you know, made some sort of push. They both were just like, eh. So I expect Henny's the guy. This week on Country Club Quarterback Survivor, Blake or Chad, who's your choice? Everyone wants to be Trevor, but someone's got to be the Paxton. Croquet tournament, great lawn. Bring the wine coolers. Go for it. CBS Thursdays. <laughs> that sure came out of nowhere. Oh nice boy. little surprise for everyone in the studio. Um, if, if you found that humorous, awesome. If you didn't like it, that was originally Colleen's joke that these are country club names. Mm, I like that. Blake and Chad. She's right. Okay, go ahead. It's pretty great. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Trevor and Paxton really nails it. I yeah, believe. a lot of whites. All right, go uh, ahead. Mark. Definitely a lot Your of whites. Thoughts. Um, I mean, I it's funny before the game that NFL media insider Ian Rappaport mentioned that Bortles is a candidate potentially to not even make this team. But and you remember a couple weeks back on one of our potential trade scenarios, we had Colin Kaepernick winding up with the Jaguars and Bortles ending up somewhere else. And after the game, Shad Khan said that he would be absolutely open to the entertaining the idea of adding Kaepernick, although the coaches just are not interested at this point. Are we sure about that? Well, I mean, that's what, what the, the part of the report was. There's no mm. obvious interest from the team, from the football side of the team. Let's, but let's you could see it, it happen. Let's do it because entering the year like this is depressing. And Mark Brunel, who, who's a Jaguars you know, ex-player was really trying to look for something positive. Did about he start crying? Bortles to say, and he, you know, he was saying that he was looking a little more confident, but this is after an early interception. And he basically said, after that practice, which we talked about on this podcast, which became a national story where Bortles threw all those interceptions, Brunel, who's always extremely positive about everything said, Bortles was essentially gun shy and spooked for the rest of camp. Like he was afraid to make, throws and you can't you can't go to a, into a season with a guy like that it's got to be heading like uh who's i don't know where i saw another reporter was like some scout was like it's all about the six inches between the ears now with that guy it's not about mechanics uh, you know physical it's it's mental too so when you start getting into this realm it's almost like the rick ankiel situation in right. baseball in the 90s like is it a situation where he needs – it's beyond just like, oh, we got to fix his mechanics. He might be broken as, right. as a quarterback right now. It's, also, a lot, of, I mean, a lot of people's yeah. skulls are wider than six inches. I don't 
Mm. I don't. I think especially if you're a giant person like Blake Bortles, mm-hmm. is that how wide his head is? I mean, Phil Sims had a good quote that could he could be a brain he, shot. His biggest problem is he he's afraid because he doesn't know where the ball's going to go when he throws it, which is a problematic. Uh, another but, another significant issue for an NFL. Quarter. By the way, you know Cam Robinson, their top draft pick or their second round draft pick rather, uh, got you know struggled at left tackle. Leonard Fournette, their top draft pick, hasn't played in two weeks. That's that seems problematic so there, there's other things going on too with them does it feel like and I am not, I am not going to make judgment based off three preseason games but does it feel like the Jaguars are hurtling towards disaster once again in 2017 I and I'm talking Jaguars disaster uh three and 13 type situation are that's Jaguars st- on the that's wall Jaguars here? status quo right um they haven't there won- was a lot of hope two months ago no no I know there wasn't more than five they haven't won more than five games since 2011 I believe which is which is insane. No, I still have hope for them that maybe the defense can carry them and Henny. I, I guess it would be Henny wouldn't be so bad. I'm hopeful that they are the team to me that can still make a move, whether it's Kaepernick or a trade that we don't see coming. What about if Fournette is healthy? You give them the ball 750 times. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, but more bad news, guys, because Jonathan Grimes one yard touchdown run with 523 to play pulled Jacksonville within a point of the Panthers. Uh, but the two-point pass conversion failed. No. The result, a 24-23 win for the Panthers, who moved to 2-1, and one, Jacksonville 1-2, and two, mm. and uh, Jacksonville winless in their own building. you got to establish home field uh, advantage. You do. That's so jazz. Although it was good for Marone to go for two because it was pouring there for most of the night, and that any fan that was sticking around to the end of that, you know. Any coach that takes a preseason game into overtime needs to be relieved of their duties immediately. Anything from the Panthers' side? Cam Newton got some action. And, uh, Mark, what were your thoughts about the way he looked? Out there for one scoring drive. I thought he looked fine. Kelvin Benjamin, I think, continues to be the story for that team. I mean, he's they, players and coaches come out saying he has been sensational. Ooh, camp. I'm adding him to our draft or mm. fantasy conversation, so sit on that for a second. It's a Potsy. huge, it's a huge moment to get Cam Newton on the field in a game before the regular season. Now you got to feel that okay, he's he's on his path. Now he only threw two passes, so it was a dream Ron Rivera drive. Eight runs, two passes, and you kind of saw what you would want to see from the Panthers' offense. Eight, you know, Jonathan Stewart started and looked really good. Look, Jonathan Stewart with a little less work might be even better. McCaffrey, of course, looked great again. He, to me, he's the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So the two of them, like that's the offense they want to run, just running all day. Uh, and real quick, the the Eagles and Dolphins, I guess people like the way Jay Cutler looked. He was looking like Jay Cutler slinging the ball. Uh, Ronald Darby on Philly was getting beat up by Jay Cutler. So – at the very least, I guess my takeaway is people forget because so many things happened in between. Jay Cutler is coming off shoulder surgery, uh, and Good he point. looks like Jay Cutler, for better or worse. I think it's he. He, he threw found, three or four bombs. Two of yeah. them were big plays. Had a fumble. I mean, there's going to be these Jay Cutlerish type things that happen, but really, of all the landing spots. This is a good one for Jay Cutler because he's already meshing with Devontae Parker well and Stills, and they've Jay Ajayi looked good. They've got a good – their running game is balanced. They've got a balanced attack. Jay Ajayi going to run for like 13 right. looked yards fantastic. I'm not – yeah, I'm not waiting for the fantasy spectacular to start. I, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Jay Ajayi getting taken out of the first round. Forget that. To Bang me, the he's the top five or six. Oh! Pick. He's, as safe, he's as safe a running back 
just about as there is in my mind. I know there's injury questions with just about anyone, mm. but Ajayi, I would love me some Jade. Well, when you get down to picking defenses, I would Franchise has given me the thumbs up. He likes it. I would. <laughs> that Eagles defense is going to create turnovers and sacks and cause massive disruption. Um, all right, and moving on uh, to a team that doesn't have a lot of fantasy impact. Yes, let's talk about my Jets really quickly. And – and we're not going to talk about the Jets. We're going to try not to talk about the Jets a lot, or I'll try not to this season, especially as, as other relevant teams come into play. But we decided we should today just because there's something very weird going on uh, in Jets camp right now. As you know, Josh McCown, Christian Hackenberg, and Bryce Petty are the poo-poo platter uh, in Florham Park. And Hackenberg's 0 for 13 on uh, possessions in the preseason in terms of leading his team to points. Uh, played very poorly against the Lions last week in what was a surprise start audition. So you'd think that now you would lead it. Hey, Josh McCown, we get it. You're 54 years old. Uh, you're 1 in 37 in your last three seasons. But you're the best chance uh, for Todd Bowles to save a little bit of face this season. You'll be the starter this week. Josh McCown's not even practicing. He's getting next to no reps all throughout the week, leading into the customary third game where you get your starter on the field for a half and you get things in order. And it's Hackenberg and Petty splitting the reps. And it's created, Greg, a situation where, uh, in, in terms of intrigue, I guess it's limited because ultimately this is a also-ran team, at the, at the, uh, at, and that's being kindly in describing them. But... What is going on? There's a thought process in the Meadowlands. I, I have a theory, but I'd like to hear yours. I've never heard of a team not allowing their starting quarterback to practice the week leading into the third preseason game or play in the second preseason game. So instead of believing the Jets are doing something that no other team has ever done, I'm starting to believe Josh McCown is not going to be their week one starter. That is my own take. I, uh, I don't get it because the one drive he came in, Week one, blazing pass downfield, quick touchdown by the Jets. They looked competent. It was an awesome drive. It right. was. I mean, it was a quick, you know, no, you know, no prisoners type march, and they score, and then you don't see them again. It, it. I get the Jets fans that want to be patient and understand that this could be leading to a getting the next version of Peyton Manning or something in the draft. But this angers me because you, you, if you did, if you don't put McCown out there week one. It's simply saying we we are not on any level trying to compete. Well, it, you wonder if yeah the the scam for Sam is is so transparent at this point that the Jets could get themselves in trouble potentially. But <laughs> I I think with I think what I it sounds like to me and this has been a problem for the Jets for you know multiple years now, especially since uh, Tannenbaum and Rex were broken up. It doesn't appear that um, ownership and the coaching staff or the front office and the coaching staff are always on the same page. Mm. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, and it leads to decisions that make you wonder what's going on in terms of cohesiveness. And to me, I I feel like I know enough of Todd Bowles, who he is now that entering his third year with the Jets, that Todd Bowles probably wants uh, the old guy out there. He wants McCown out there. It's at least a steadying presence that gives him a chance to win some games and hope his defense, and speci- uh, specifically the defensive line, makes plays. Uh, but ownership or the front office, and I don't even know who's running the ship as the owner right now because that guy's about to go to England for three Woody's years. Woody's brother. Uh, Woody's brother's involved now too. So maybe they want the kid in no matter what, and that will either let's get some return on this investment, the second-round pick, and see what we got, 
no matter what the fallout is, and the coach is helpless. I kind of think that there's something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and, and, and if you want to look back and say, wait, why did you – we get why you let some of these veterans go, but when you purged the roster entirely of leadership, and, and other than Matt Forte, I don't even know what he's still doing there. When you do this, you're telling your team basically if you go with Hackenberg out of the gate – we aren't trying to win games this season. And that's a tough thing to, to, tell, to tell your team, to, to have to coach, have to give to the roster. So you've removed all the mouthy players that would have put up a stink. Mm. You're basically well, just Well, you removed saying, the guys that wouldn't have either. Eric Decker and David Harris were just good, loyal soldiers that got sent packing as well. All I'd say is, I mean, Very strange. if you're Josh McCown, you were with the 2014 Bucks that netted a first round for a top overall pick. You played with the 15 and 16 Browns, another team that got the number one overall pick, and you're oh going to do gosh. it again. How many quarterbacks have quarterbacked in four seasons, three number one picking teams in the draft? I mean, that it's is be absurd. I can't think of another. Uh, and uh, finally, so I'm, I'm really excited about the upcoming Jets season. Um, and finally, Greg wrote a banger. Uh, Greg is extremely fond. We all are, uh, but Greg is as well. Wade Phillips, not only is he a defensive mastermind as a schemer, but he's adorable. Let's face it. Yes. Son of a bum. Uh, and Greg wrote a piece on NFL.com. Uh, headline, Wade Phillips brings quick fix wizardry to Los Angeles Rams D. Uh, Greg, did you write the headline first of all? No, I think it's a little <laughs> different when it's shown on the page. My guess is, you know, they're trying to do things. They're trying to get the full names in for SEO. Oh, there's a lot of SEO going on but, here. Uh, and then wizardry's in the middle. It's I don't, pretty magical. Uh, on the site, it says the, defen- the defense whisper, son of bum's secret sauce. Hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because he is. He is the quick fix dominant coordinator of the last 25 years. He but, is the guy. Wait, it's the defense whisperer, colon, son of bum secret sauce. What is this about? Tell us about this, <laughs> this column, Greg. I look, I don't write the headlines. Uh, he, when he, he's, the, he's the fixer. When he comes in yep. to a team, he fixes you. And it's insane. In a, in a league where there's so much unpredictability, he is 100% predictable. The last... Nine times he's taken over as a coordinator or head coach, he has improved their defense points and yards, and it's usually very dramatic. The last nine times he's taken over, their team had not made the playoffs the previous year, and he brought them to the playoffs that year. That is an insane track record, and so it's yeah. it's a little bit about like why why is he so good at doing this? And part of it is just I think his teaching methods, and that's what I, I drove d- drilled down with him into he he tends to keep it very simple he has like his method he doesn't just say okay we're gonna install this one day install it the next like he waits till they understand everything he does it in a very straightforward way kind of the way he he speaks and it works I mean the guy the guy's the man if there's a coordinator hall of fame or you put guys in for being a coordinator to me he's in it 70 years old about to start his 40th season in the NFL his 10th team is the Rams and his ninth team the Broncos I get the feeling. I just have a feeling uh, that they're going to regret uh, making the decision. I understand new coaching came in and, and the idea you want to uh, – it's a defensive coach that took over and all that. But letting Wade Phillips go out the door, I don't know if that was the wise move, and I think they'll live to regret that. Can't find too many father-son coaching combinations like this family. No, like they, I started with a image that Connor Barwin, the Rams linebacker, told me how he thought it was one of the coolest things he's ever seen, that Bum Phillips and his wife – 
uh, Bum Phillips has since passed away, but the legendary coach of, of those Oilers teams, they would go and just watch Wade Phillips coach practice. They'd just go sit in the stands, and they love football, and they love their son so much, they would just go watch him coach practice. There's very little like it, and one of the things I like with Wade is he's not looking for players. He says he doesn't want players that follows all his rules because those players, when it comes down to it, you have to make a play sometimes, which is against the grain. And he looks for guys that kind of – he, like, changes his mold. It's not about his mold. It's about the players. He doesn't believe – he thinks coaches that say, oh, you know, you know, they made a lot of mistakes after the game. He's like, that's your fault. You should have taught them not to make mistakes. He, he believes you can be friends with players. Maybe most, most coaches don't feel that way, but like he goes out to eat with his ex-players all the time that are still in the league. I mean, you talk to him a bunch, too. he use the secret too. sauce? He uses the secret sauce at the lunch. <laughs> you talk to him a bunch. I mean, so he comes across in person to you the same way he he always has? I mean, just seems like a very likable Yeah, guy. yeah, very sort of straightforward, good, quick one-liners. Like, plain, sort of, like he's right direct to the point. We've talked about this before, but one of my favorite parts in Super Bowl coverage is talking to him right after he won the Super Bowl, and he was just kind of like, such a happy guy. Yeah, he and, he's you know. talked about it. He says I'm happy. Like yeah. I, he doesn't believe. Like he thinks coach. He thinks yelling in jet. Like he says he's never yelled at a player. He doesn't really do pregame speeches. Like that's it's just not who he is. And he's he's showed you could do it a different type of way. He's the anti Greg Williams. So, yes. Sorry. Exactly. Oh, I know how people in this room feel about Greg Williams. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a vanity URL for this? Uh, not for that one. Oh? No. All right. Well, NFL. well, that's a crime. Yeah, slash Rosenthal. But, you know. They're giving vanity URLs to everything. Why would They could create one in five seconds, by the way. What if, Thank what you if they went, here you with know. NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. The NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. You know, Greg wore the new polo earlier this week. One of, Again, one of those gentle reminders. You're not there yet. That shirt still reminds me. That I j- just reminds me of Microsoft. That I wore the shirt? No, that they didn't give you a vanity or. Oh, I see. <laughs> when, okay. Trust me. Like when Silver writes something. Yeah. Do you think he's getting a vanity? Everyone in that Ali group, original content group, when when they, they write their fancy pieces, always. I think part of it, we need to start fighting on behalf of ourselves to be viewed on that level and what they will love is that they're being called out with no ability to respond on a podcast that people in like Tanzania and England are listening to. So <laughs> let's talk about New Era. Please. New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style. With features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology, there's no reason you shouldn't make the NFL New Era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire. And we've spoken about this. That includes on the day of your mother's funeral. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLShop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. It's a fair point by you. Every single day you better have that cap on your head. If you want to be one of the new era soldiers like us. Or don't. Or don't. And then... Reap the consequences. Well, yeah, it's the kind of thing. Initially, there'd be some thrill to that going against the grain, but then you know, ultimately, you're left alone. FOMO. All right. Now it's time to welcome in. Uh, here they come. Let's bring them in. Hey guys, wake up. Here we go. Here we go. There he is, uh, Matt Franchise, Marcus Grant. Uh, they're making their way into the studio. Uh, and look at that. Marcus, tall, dark and handsome, beautiful. <laughs> Franchise, 
the hair. Beautiful beard on franchise. Legendary. Oh, I I imagine. <laughs> both both these guys are really styling with their facial hair. All right, let's welcome them. Yes, here they are. Uh, now they got their headsets on. Franchise and Marcus. Uh, what's up, boys? Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Always uh, always excited to be here. I'm always excited to get the invite uh, here. And I know for Franchise, this is his this is maiden voyage. Yeah. Look, I'm very excited to be here. I wasn't sure if I'd be welcome considering the uh, the millennial beard talk a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Slander. Yeah. Well, hold on. Not millennial. Again, franchise coming in hot. It yeah. was not a it was not a take on millennials. Uh, it I was feel a like take. it was pointed directly at me. Well, I, mean, they, I felt personal. You know, not yeah. To give him a little plug here, you know, Franchise and, and our Matt Harmon host their own pod- podcast called The Fantasy Hipsters, where they literally promote, I think, beard products. Correct. So it feels like a direct shot, Mark. I, yeah. I think that there is tremendous uh, respect between Franchise and I, and that so that supersedes my uh, hot takes on like <laughs> facial hair grooming. Sure. Okay. Uh, but I but when you make a critique about society, it's some people that you know are going to get snowed under, and you have yeah. to deal with that. Fair enough. There are going to be some kill shots, maybe <laughs> part of the process. Not personal towards you. Making a big statement. Um, all right. So, yes, Marcus uh, was on. Actually, I was doing a little research as I'm wont to do. Uh, you were on the fantasy extravaganza last year as well. I was. I was. Um, so we're happy to have Marcus back. Um, so, boys, what we're going to talk about today. Listen. First of all, you are you with us on this? Are you with us or against us with the idea of if you're having your fantasy draft before week three of the preseason, you garbage. I, I fully agree with that. <laughs> you know, I know that a lot of people try to have this idea of, well, that's that's what the pros do, trying to prove. Yeah, like, you don't have to do that. Why? Why are you yes. increasing the, the level of difficulty? There's here? an elitist angle to it. There really is, and really? There, it doesn't need to be there. I'm always I'm always surprised by, you know, some of the people I follow on Twitter and the fantasy community. They're like finishing my thirtieth best ball draft today, and it's like late oh July, gosh. and I'm thinking, what? What's the point of that? You don't <laughs> even. I never liked that at, at, when I was doing fantasy for a living either, because I always thought, what's the point of not knowing what the teams are right. going into the season? There's no point to that. Right. There, it, it doesn't. I mean, it's analysis seems, that doesn't help anybody because it's going to be drastically different. You know, seems weeks from then. seems like a disadvantage. All right. Absolutely. So we're all on the same page. On, that's on board with that. Right. Well, this, Definitely. Is, this is getting off to a good start. Franchise and Mark have made peace <laughs> yes. on some level, although it seems to be something hanging in the air there a little bit. <laughs> we'll see if that presents itself any further in the episode. But let's now officially start the 2017 Fantasy Extravaganza. All right. Here we go. Wow, I feel like I'm at a medieval time or something. <laughs> Part one. All right. Let's do <laughs> Overvalued this. Overvalued and undervalued talents mm. on your fantasy board. Okay, so we're going to start here. We're going to end the end the show with both Marcus and Franchise giving their overriding draft day fantasy philosophy. Oh, wow. Uh, which is more a big picture macro, but let's drill down here. Wait, is Mark Sessler involved in the podcast? Oh, let me yeah. Let me set this up. Well, one I've more said time. plenty already on this let me show. Set it up one more time. <laughs> I'm take my foot off the, the gas. The I fantasy am, corner. Yeah, I am joined by an incredible group here of <laughs> fantasy minds. Greg Rosenthal needs no intro. Do you have any applause, Erica? Greg Rosenthal needs no introduction. He built Roto World brick by brick, HTML, physically everything, and he's with us today. Uh, Greg Rosenthal to my left. Thank you. Matt Franchise. Oh, my goodness. They, some call him Francescovich. That- <laughs> some. Some. <laughs> maybe one. Maybe you're the only one. <laughs> uh, but Matt Franchise 
has been working for NFL Fantasy for how long? This is my fourth season. Four years. Four years Arden veteran. in the building. Uh, he's, he's hardened enough to be cynical about this place, yes or no? <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, good. That means you're, you're right on track. Uh, so four years in the game, also on the Fantasy Podcast, uh, also the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. Marcus Grant, an NFL media lifer. 30 years from now, he'll lifer. be sitting in that, in that spot. Yes or no? I, I am the, the Tim Meadows slash Keenan Thompson of NFL media. Nice. I'm gonna be here a while. You know what? And that, <laughs> that might be that might be seeming like you're you're you know putting yourself down, but those guys were valuable, valuable. Hey man, they had good careers, you yeah. know. You talk, people there always say that Keenan Thompson's like the glue that holds that. Yeah, he's like the most valuable guy. Because you said that, I'm going to now track very closely who lasts longer, you here or Thompson. <laughs> uh, anyway, and and Mark's here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Overvalued, undervalued. But we will be going to the fantasy corner. The Mark Sessler fantasy corner. That that was what I was referring to. I've got something for you today. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Here we go. Overvalued, undervalued. I'll start with a superstar just for fun. And you guys could throw him out too. uh, But I have a list here. A.J. Green, wide receiver, Cincinnati Bengals. His average draft uh, selection, he's going to round two, Hmm. pick 13. So, in most leagues – uh, that is, the, you know, in every league, uh, just about early in the second round, almost a first rounder. Overvalued, undervalued. We'll start with you, franchise. The, I, th- I think he's valued perfectly right there. I think you can make the argument to take Mike Evans ahead of him, maybe at the in the late first round. I would take Green ahead of Mike Evans. Uh, he's one of the elites. I think Mike Evans has some work to do to get there to be considered elite. So you have Green kind of behind. It, it would be Brown and Julio. And yeah, Green would be my fourth behind AB, mm. OBJ, and Julio. I actually think he's he's undervalued a little bit. I think he is my fourth wide receiver, but I think he deserves going in the first round. I think after right. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, there's a lot of uncertainty at the running back spot. I mean, the changes in Buffalo I think have affected uh, Lashawn McCoy for me. Uh, I know you know I know Greg loves JJ, and I do too. But I I still think there's a place for A.J. Green to come off the board sometime in the late first round. Mm, I agree. That, that would be undervalued. Yeah, I think he's Cause, undervalued. Cause, uh, Green, Beckham, well, Beckham's got the injury. Green, Evans, Julio Brown, you know, you're not missing with those picks. Like, yeah. at, at once you, you're right. Once you get past those first two running backs, I'd rather have any of those receivers, really, over the next running back. Since you brought it up, I just, I'll just i throw them out there. Odell Beckham Jr., for people that are drafting – uh, so let's say you have the fifth pick or the fourth pick and you're locked. That's a perfect spot potentially for Beckham. And you have this ankle injury and it's still very hazy what it is. There's reports that he could miss a couple of weeks. Is that enough for a real draft mind to say, I'm staying away from him. Let somebody else take him in the first round. Not for me. I think he stays right in that same spot. If he misses a game, if he misses two games, I think, I mean, remember he missed what a handful of games in his rookie year and came on and still was lights out. So I'm not worried about him. Yeah, got off to a slow start last year too. People were kind of freaking out by like week four or five, and then still finished as a top five wideout in fantasy. So let's shoot over to the fantasy corner, Mark. Your thoughts on Odell Beckham's ankle injury and how that could affect his draft standing? Not overly concerned. Not doing a draft myself, so it's not something that is depressing <laughs> on my reality. Wow. Okay, now moving on, and. 
Mark, you let me know when we want to throw it over to the corner if you have like more. I, it's of a more. Big, it's big has sort of like a halftime show feel okay. to it. Like it's not really <laughs> relevant from an information perspective. So okay, good. <laughs> Intermission. If yes. you need to leave the room. Yeah, if, it, if people need to pause anything. and go, you know, answer the door or something, this would be. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Next up. I'll throw another one out there. How about another wide receiver, Doug Baldwin uh, of the Seahawks? I'm. We talked about this the other day. I am extremely high on the Seahawks offense. I'm in a two-quarterback league, uh, which means quarterbacks go earlier, and I'm going to be all over Russell Wilson potentially if a nice spot if it presents itself. I think Doug Baldwin is an unheralded guy, just, uh, given his production when his quarterback's healthy, averaging a third-round average pick, twenty-eighth. Marcus, your thoughts on that? I think that's undervalued as well, and I, I think I think he still sort of has that stink on him from a few years ago when you know everybody, especially publicly, kind of degraded the Seahawks wide receivers. They talked bad about Baldwin and Jermaine Curse. Uh, since then, all Doug Baldwin has done is just put up numbers, and it's an offense that has started to trend a little bit more toward being, I won't say pass-heavy, but they're certainly throwing it more than they did during the beast mode heydays. And Doug Baldwin is the undisputed number one target there. So he's a guy, you know, coming off the board, you said, in the third round. I have no problem reaching around earlier and taking him in the second. Yeah, I'm with you. He's undervalued. He's Early going... reach-around reference. <laughs> <laughs> he's going behind T.Y. Hilton and Brandon Cooks. That's insane. Would rather have Baldwin than those guys. Much rather have Baldwin. He's been a top-ten fantasy receiver the last two seasons. Wow. Uh, Hilton, that yeah, Hilton's a little insane because Hilton was insanely underrated last year. Won me my league, really. And he, and if luck gets back, then he's right back to being a right. top guy. Big if. You yeah, that feels like a, the luck thing. That's I a huge think, is a Cooks is crazy. There's an overvalued. I'll just throw that yeah. out. That's, Go ahead. Why would why would you be drafting Brandon Cooks like he's some sort of that he's going to be their number one wide receiver? There's a lot of mouths to feed there. He's just one of them. I, think I don't think his number. I think his numbers go down. A decent amount, and I just Patriots. I think it's because everybody is thirsty for Tom Brady to have that you know that number one locked in target wide receiver. I mean, not the, that guy though. I don't think he is either. But people saw what he did in New Orleans. They see his potential, especially as a deep threat potentially. And I think we're just all thirsty for that. Where's yeah, that, Where's Edelman? Way, I would rather have well, Edelman getting taken the sixth round. I would take Edelman. Why is Marshawn Lynch above all these guys? This well, whole list is crazy. Well, <laughs> let, let's stick with the Patriots second here. So like, yeah. Tom Brady is a great guy to have a quarterback. We don't have to even get into that. Uh, Julian Edelman, I think, is the safe guy if you're looking for somebody that's going to get targets. I think he'll always get targets, even if he's not a big play guy. Cooks, if you remember, even last year, he could disappear in the Saints offense from time to time when there sure. was a lot of weapons. So to, for anybody that's going to think, oh, now they have a, a take, take the top off a defense option, uh, it's going to be Randy Moss all over again. I think you're in for a surprise. Well, it's not a good one. My my fear with Cooks, you mentioned his, how he disappeared. Remember last year when he kind of disappeared, he was unhappy about it. And he let everybody know about that. That's not going to fly in New England. If, uh, if he starts to mouth off, then he will be exiled to somewhere else. My my one concern about Julian Edelman is that he's been a guy who obviously gets a ton of targets, will catch a lot of balls, but from a yardage and touchdown standpoint, the numbers aren't necessarily great. Okay. And now with so many more options there, now you've got Rex Burkhead to get targets. You've got Brandon Cooks there. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where we are in the evolution of Malcolm Mitchell, but I, I just wonder if the same target volume is going to be there mm. for Edelman and how much how much that would affect him. I don't know. To me, he's the he's the guy I would trust the most. Y- Edelman. Y- y- I mean, Gronk. You you take. Well, Gronk obviously. You take as early as he's going because he's right. Gronk. But yeah, I just I can't imagine a season where Julian Edelman 
gets less than 80 catches. I was going to say, do you, can't. you know when you want Julian Edelman on route? He's a useful guy to have. You shouldn't be the center. He's not going to score a million roster. But if you're going into Monday night and the Patriots are playing and you're trailing by 11 points, he's that guy. you want Julian Edelman. <laughs> he's going to give you – his floor is nice. It, it, he might not give you, like, the explosion, but right. he's always going to give you something. Fantasy Corner, what you got? <laughs> well, I would say if if, uh, if Cooks mouths off, as you point out – <laughs> he will wind up where those two ball boys wound up, which is about 15 feet below the mass turnpike. The, so. uh, the, the deflator? And, uh... That's right, the two deflators. <laughs> Exile from Patriot Ooh. Way. Uh, Greg, Dangerous do you want to throw there. something out there? Overvalue, You just mentioned Marshawn Lynch because that, that is one name that stands out. Am I crazy? What is he doing there? It, is, uh, it seems crazy that to me that Marshawn Lynch would be getting taken in the top 25 picks. Yeah, I put him on my uh, list of riskiest picks by round. Okay. He's going about in the third round. Uh, it's crazy. I think people talk up the Raiders' offensive line being strong, and their offense in general is you know kind of high flying. They think he's going to get all the goal line looks, which yeah, and so did Latavius Murray last year, but he only had like what seven hundred rushing yards, something like that. I I look at the Raiders' offense, and I feel like it's greater than the sum of its parts. You know, like they do some good, they do a lot of good things offensively, and individually, I I like those players as. Football players. I like Derek Carr. I like Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, we all want Marshawn Lynch to come back and be a great story. He comes back, it's town business, and he puts up huge numbers. But I don't think they need that from him. Yeah. They, they need him to be that guy who salts away the, other guys, the fourth quarter. Can you? La- I mean, I just I'm just curious if he's going to last all season. Now, I will say I went into yeah. this camp very skeptical, and I was kind of looking for those reports that maybe he didn't look great or he's missing practices or whatever. And those reports have not been there. Right. He's, he's reportedly looked good. He played in the preseason. So he has checked some boxes. But those the backups he has are talented. Well, I think that's part of it, too. I mean, they, they know that there's a short window where they have Marshawn Lynch. And at some point, you do have to figure out what you have with Jalen Richard and, and DeAndre I'd Washington. I'd rather have Dalvin Cook than than Marshall. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay. There we go. The, the, no other, the other thing with Lynch. I, How about this? I, I, Out of agreement. Dalvin I, Cook over Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All day. I think we're all on board okay. with that. All it ain't 2012 day. anymore. And by the way, for all you people that forgot, Marshawn Lynch wasn't that good two years ago. Yeah. Now he's going to take a year off and ride his scooter around Oakland and yeah. like town business and come back and be amazing. Mm. I mean, let's calm down a little if bit. If you got fantasy points for entertainment value, like Marshawn right. Lynch is a first-round pick. Look, right. if, a, if you got points for awkwardly hitting on <laughs> – Fox. <laughs> Pretty How dare you? He's one How guy. He's, he's, he's the first round pick overall. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about his motivation too. When he was retired, someone asked him what was the highlight of your career. He said retiring. <laughs> and then a couple weeks That's ago, a, a reporter asked him if he missed football while he was away, and he said no. It's a good point. You if could the, see him retire in October right. again if it just isn't for him. Yeah. If there's a 10% chance he just retires in the middle of the season, which sounds fair, like that should oh. knock him down around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. He, this whole thing kind of seems like just a fun little lark that he's on, and maybe it lasts through January or best-case scenario February. Uh, it could last by October. <laughs> 2010, you know? Brett Favre. That's my, proje- my projection for him. Mm. That's not a good projection at all. I, I think we're reading the tea leaves here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about Jay Ajayi? He came up earlier oh, yeah. um, as a guy. He looked uh, incredible in his final tune-up uh, on Thursday night. Is he? Greg is, like, banging the table saying he potentially a top-five guy. Uh, let's say let's put him there. Let's say first-round, mid-round, first-round pick, five to seven, overvalue or undervalue franchise? Uh, f- five to seven, I have him as my running back three. 
Woo. So behind Lev Bell and David Johnson. That's basically mm. right and ahead there. Of that's first round. Uh, ahead of LaShawn McCoy, Melvin Gordon, Devonta Freeman. Look, he didn't really. I'm with there. you. That's where I, I, I like that. I'm with you. He didn't really get going last year till week five when Arian Foster went out, and he still put up crazy numbers. He got left home in yeah. week one. Week they one. left him they, at they, home. They, he didn't get on <laughs> the airplane. <laughs> he starts week one, gets more work in the passing game, gets more carries, higher volume this year. He's going to explode. Their line to me was so bad. when you People were like, well, he only had those three big games. Sometimes he had some of the greatest 65-yard you know, rushing <laughs> yeah. games ever. And I think over time, like this season, that'll – start playing out to better games. I was going to say, playing devil's advocate, I was going to say he had, I think, two 200-yard games last year. Yes. If you take out those games, he had several middling efforts but in he terms ran of well. production. It was the team, I really believe. Doesn't help your fantasy numbers, though. I, the team has to. But I'm saying over yeah. time, if he's that good a player and he looks even better. It will bear out. The numbers will bear out. Also, he has the benefit of being a workhorse running back with no one really behind him to challenge for carries. And those right. guys are rare. I love Mel Gordon and Devontae Freeman, but in fantasy, I would much rather have Ajay. How about the bu- the buzzy first-round pick? If Gore- if uh, Ajay is the buzzy running back first-round pick this year, Lamar Miller, who I was pounding the table about last year, shows you how crazy fantasy is. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. talking about La- Lamar nope. Miller in 2017. Uh, what's his value in, in drafts this year? I think right now he's, what, like a third-round guy? I think, yeah, something like that. right around um, there. I feel like last year was the great disillusionment of Lamar Miller because mm. a lot of us, myself included, kept saying for years, like, he'll be so much better if the Dolphins give him all the carries we think he deserves. And then last year he gets to Houston, and he gets all the carries we think he deserves, and he faded at the end of the year. Right. Then they bring in Dante Foreman. Who I could feel like Foreman could start. Guy. He might start. He's certainly going to be the guy, I think, near really? the goal line. Um, not start. week one, but I think he could wow. interrupt your your uh, Lamar Miller scenario. Just, I just sure. I feel like last year the you know we had the wool pulled from our eyes and we realized that Lamar Miller maybe isn't the guy we wanted. I, Lamar Miller to me has always been kind of like a piece of you know white toast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine, it'll fill you up. Like let's not. But you're not you're not clamoring. For There's it. gonna be guys with a lot you know higher potential, maybe some rye, you know, maybe some. I like sourdough. Can we get some sourdough toast cheese in there? on it too? I mean, people sleep on rye a little bit out here in California, and I know you know now Marcus is going to get upset because he's a Californian. <laughs> but you guys have never appreciated what a good piece of rye bread is. A eh. Nice turkey sandwich. Uh, no, I know, a good pastrami maybe uh, <laughs> nice on rye. Pastrami. Rye is yeah. not high in my power ranking oh my types God. of bread. I'm going rye number one. Rye really? and sourdough. Oh, yeah. sourdough for sure. I love, sourdough. Please. I love pumpernickel as a sleeper though. Oh, underrated. Wow. Wow. This is, this goes, is so. Goes undervalued. <laughs> this, is so <laughs> this is so hot right now. Let's take a breather here. And so far, I think it's been a, an, an incredible fantasy extravaganza. And we're just warming up. But now, let's formally head over to uh, the fantasy corner. It's a very bad neighborhood. Mark is wearing a Kevlar vest, and he seems to have a, uh, a finger in a splint. Yeah. A little things. worse for the wear on the corner. <laughs> and Mark, a little rough. <laughs> Mark, let's throw it to you. You have a, a statement or some type of uh, message you want well, to get Well, I have across. a new uh, – I came up with my own new metrics, uh, fantasy metrics yes. scenario this awesome. offseason. Here we go. I want to talk with you today about a collection of guys who belong to my Max Flex Triggers group. <laughs> what is a Max Flex Trigger? These are low-priced, moderate-ceiling players who are primed to come in and possibly make a late-season contribution. I deduce my max flex triggers list by pouring over two to three hundred hours of college film and early pro snaps. It's a claim nobody can really disprove. Wait, Mark, I just found some uh, <laughs> safe cover can for you. Can we get to safety, yeah, please? I found a little an abandoned apartment building. It's mad-infested. 
But um, get away least, from the noise. Did yeah. they call him a rideshare earlier? Just to get him out of <laughs> there or something. Thank All right, we're you. inside. I appreciate it's that. Huddled and stark. <laughs> Let's continue, continue from here. On. Using a self-created and dense scientific method, I then chart out each player's spark score, academic achievements, community involvement, and on-field handiwork to compile my list of max flex triggers. These are players with the mental toughness to be comprehensively ignored by the fantasy community and, in many cases, their own coaches. The uh. players with the potential to see late-season snaps if literally everything went wrong for their teams between now and then. <laughs> Without further ado, my 2017 list of max flex triggers. Number one, running back Jihad Thomas. Number two, wide receiver C.J. Board. Number three, running back Khalif Phillips. Number four, Russell Hansbro, running back in all formats. Number five, running back Elijah Penny. Number six, wide receiver C.J. Board. Already mentioned him. Got to go after that guy. Number eight, <laughs> tight end Bonnie Frills. Number nine, tight end Sharice. Uh, it is a woman. Number nine, tight end Sharice Slim Autoby. Number 10, pass catching fullback George Saturn III. Number 11, <laughs> Chiefs, Chiefs office and admin Iris Jenkels. Number 12, <laughs> Patriots AV room whiz Ronnie Slim Wheezy. And finally, number 13, free agent ticket sales rep Rhonda Fontaine, previously of the Green Bay Packers. Currently unemployed, Miss Fontaine is not a must-have pickup today, but grab her the minute she finds work. Last we heard, Miss Fontaine had gone through an ugly breakup with her on-again, off-again boyfriend, William Franks. Miss Fontaine, age 37, is hoping to relocate to the Chicago area where she can live with her sister, Patsy Bummels, and possibly pick up work as a ticket sales rep with the Bears. We are monitoring Fontaine's LinkedIn account very closely and will update this space if Rhonda Fontaine strikes a new job with the league. If and when that happens, she moves to the top of my Max Flex triggers list. Wow. Oh. I feel like, you know, I, my now I realize that my, my fault in doing my player evaluations is that I didn't do as much community involvement. As, I think it's a big part did. of it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, creates I, a well-rounded individual. Right. I left that out. I and you'll notice where you left out the ticket sales people. Yeah. yeah. You know. Go or the, the or the real which really was an oversight on or my the part. people that existed. That, that <laughs> Bonnie Frills really really made me start to cry. Is George Saturn real? George Saturn the third. The third. They're all yeah. third. I mean, the entire family line is real. George, okay. I mean, George Saturn the first. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, right. George Shadow in the second. Rest in peace as well. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's yeah. got a lot of loneliness and wow. anger he's dealing it's with. It's like a Batman like very similar to Batman. All right. Uh Max Max what was it? Max Flex? Max, Max Flex, Flex triggers. triggers. Yeah. Max Flex triggers. Moving them M A X hyphen Flex L E F L E X trigger. Is this a is this a direct challenge to the reception perception? I think they're very different. They're very different scientific processes. So you're branding this. I'm branding it because, yeah. again, I, like, when I say that I watch all this tape, it cannot be proven that I do or I do not. All right. <laughs> so, Moving all right. off the fantasy corner, Mark, seek shelter. Uh, you're in deep trouble. All right, let's throw out – I'm going to throw out a tight end. I like This one is an interesting one because I think it's – people get stumble on this guy every time because you can never really figure out what he's going to do or if he, even if he's going to stay on the field. Marty Bennett uh, went from the, pa- from the Patriots now to the Packers. Talk about going from riches to riches. Uh, he's going round 10, average pick 94, which tells you, I think, let me know if I'm wrong, guys, that nobody really knows where to take him. And, he, and that's kind of where you nestle on his average pick, where he's probably going earlier on some boards and later on others. What's Marty? What do you make? Overvalue, undervalue, 10th round pick? Uh, I, I think he's undervalued. I, I may be irrationally excited about Marty Bennett just because, first off, how often can you leave Tom Brady and not, uh, you know, experience a drop-off in quarterback play? I mean, he right. somehow did that. And I just like what 
the potential of having an athletic pass-catching tight end can mean in that Packer offense. I mean, we saw it late in the season with Jerry Cook last year. Um, so I like him. I, I think I, I think I took him in the eighth round in one draft. But I, I like that. I, I think I, I, like I, may that. Be, I may be higher on him than some other people are. I struggle with Jordan Reed going five rounds higher in the fifth just right. because you cannot count, you can't count on him. Right. Well, Marty has his issues too. He seems to miss games and be beat up. It certainly was the case last year, but he was still productive. There is a scenario where Bennett stays on the field and everything lines up and he has a Gronkian type year. Right. I believe he has that type of ability. And, yeah, the Jared Cook thing, I think that's what would suck me into taking a chance on him in the 7-8-9 round. Uh, the idea that what Cook was able to do with Rodgers, Bennett is a better player. I, right. I like waiting at tight end and Hunter Henry going in the ninth or the 10th. That's another guy I really that's like. That's tasty. That's another I mean, guy I like. uh, You don't I'm, worry about the old man stealing a – End zone goal line targets. I mean, he, Henry. Henry, I think led the league, led tight ends and he touchdowns did. last year, and Gates was getting plenty then. And they have to get Gates know. that record, though, right? But, but I feel he like only he needs one. one. He only needs I one. I feel like I once think, they once they get him the record, then they start I, to I, back I, off a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I think Henry won't really reach his ceiling in fantasy till Gates is out of the mm, picture. I yeah, but, I could see him getting nine hundred, a thousand yards. I love me some Henry, and then uh, Jimmy Graham, late fifth. I think Jimmy Graham could have a monster. There's been yeah. good buzz about Jimmy. And again, if you are high on the Seahawks offense, not only is Russell Wilson have Doug Baldwin, he's got Jimmy Graham now a, a full what year and a half removed yeah. from that surgery. Mm-hmm. What happens if he's Jimmy Graham? I'm, I'm looking at the 222nd pick. I've I've scanned through everyone. Where the F is Seth Devalve on this list? Mm. Uh, under, uh, he's underrated. A, he's a deep sleeper. I think there are a lot of deep sleepers that tied in. I think Seth Devalve is one. I think Austin Hooper is one. Wow. in Atlanta, so you're taking Devalve seriously. Uh, I think so. I mean, they Craig, how dare you? As a, as a fantasy <laughs> Versus option, what other a, approach? He's a deep sleeper, though. I mean, because tight end, here's the thing. Tight end is sort of a fantasy wasteland in the sense that you've got, you know Gronk's going to be good. You know Kelsey is going to be good. Olsen, Jimmy Graham are fine. After that, it really is sort of a crapshoot in yeah. that position. And yeah. and if you're not getting one of those top four or five guys, you're probably streaming the position. And the valve could have some good weeks in there. And you mentioned Hunter Henry leading tight ends and touchdowns. He t- actually tied with Cameron Brait for eight last year. Ugh. Nobody is talking about Cameron Brait. Every th- everyone thinks O.J. Howard is going to be the guy there. Get You can get Cameron Brait for free in a fantasy draft in the, in the last round That's and have valuable. a tight end one. I like it also – It doesn't get cheaper than that. No. I also like Hunter Henry. Like Harrison Hansis, a double H. Oh, so nice. There you go. There you go. A lot there of respect. Go. Hey, how about let's go back to the Packers real quick. A guy I can't figure out. I was doing a little research um, for my draft a couple days ago, and I had Ty Montgomery on my stay away from list just because I don't have a great feeling about the whole thing. Round seven, he's going average pick 67. Seventh round seems like a overvalue to me. Where do you guys come down on it? Uh, I think, <laughs> I'll let you handle this. I think, seven, I think a little earlier in the summer he was – even, he was going in the fourth or fifth round. So his ADP has come down a little bit because he hasn't been on the field. He's dealing with uh, some injuries. They got Jamal Williams back there who's had a decent preseason. Um, I just think the concern with Montgomery is the sickle th- cell thing and volume concerns. Like they want him to be the guy, but I don't think he had more than 10 or 12 carries in a game last year. And there's also question marks for him in pass protection. So At that price, that sounds pretty good. Seventh round I think is okay. I'd re- but it's still a question mark. They have all these other guys back there. I, I, yeah, big weeks. Is, I who know, haven't I stepped up, though. It. The other guys are just right. guys. But I'm, I'm sort of with Dan in that I just – I don't really know. I don't have any real mm. good feeling on what they're going to do with him one way or another. I think even at his best, 
he's maybe a guy who gets about 15 or so touches per game, right. which, you know, he's he's not – he's a flex starter at best, I think, what, for me. What are you guys doing – not to jump in here. What are you guys thinking of doing with Zeke <laughs> just as a fan? His draft price is, is a little too aggressive for me. He's going like second, he's second round. round right yeah. now. Yeah. Still. And, Still. and hmm. everybody says it's a, it's a – yes, it is right now a six-game suspension for Zeke. For your purposes in fantasy, it's a seven-week suspension. The Cowboys have a buy in there. You don't. So – Best case scenario, you don't have Zeke until week eight, which is it's a lot of waiting. It's like two thirds of your fantasy regular season. You're holding a roster spot and you're hoping you make the playoffs to stay relevant right. when he comes back. For some reason, I thought it was four and it's six. It's six, six and with that a buy. Lot that That's is a beefy. Lot. It's half the regular That's why season in fantasy. A second, a second round pick is just too rich for me. It's showing some confidence though. If you like, just believe that you're good at drafting and that your teams are always solid. You'll be in the mix. It's like you'll be in the mix. You draft a little extra, like. But second it, is high. Sec, like I would still rather have uh, some of those receivers that are probably going in the middle of the second round. That it's like you get those guys from week one, and they're maybe almost as good as Zeke anyway. Then you I need would, everyone in your fantasy team to agree to not pick him because someone's going to grab him. Somebody's going to take him. I mean, here's the thing: I, I would rather skip Zeke in the second. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'd rather skip Zeke in the second. Still dangerous over there. And wait until uh, like wait till like the fifth round and get a guy like Doug Martin who is still going to miss some time, but you'll get him back a lot sooner and potentially get you know a, a starting running back on your roster. It's the classic like barroom talk cliche or when you're just talking to your buddies. Like if someone's hurt in this case, the suspension is like, hey, man, when Zeke gets back, it's like a blockbuster trade for your team. <laughs> but you didn't give anything up. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you're missing a guy half the year. Find something better to talk about in the barroom. <laughs> yeah, second-round pick is ridiculous. Uh, hey, let's throw out Andrew Luck. All right, we know the situation here. We know the situation and the fact that we don't know the situation. He's going in the eighth round, which tells you a lot. Andrew Luck is a generational talent at quarterback, so everyone is spooked by the shoulder, as they should be. Is that proper value uh, for a quarterback of his ilk facing an uncertain health situation? I still think it's it's a touch early, but it's it's coming down. I mean, if you if we had been talking to you a couple of weeks ago, I think he was still hanging around like the fifth round or something like that. Really? So wow. So this uncertainty has, has certainly plummeted his value, but – we don't know when he's going to be back on the field, and you're talking about you can wait a round or two later, and there are still really quality guys out there like Kirk Cousins, like Marcus Mariota, even Jameis Winston hanging around. I'd rather I'd rather take any of those guys and know that they will be there for me in week one. You're a fool if you're taking Andrew Luck oh, almost bro. at all. <laughs> bro. Okay, fair. Go on. Why, why bother? Because you don't right, know. Right, as a starter, like, please. Like Dak Prescott or Stafford or any <laughs> – Ben Roethlisberger is going – Going way after him, like going at, like why would not just take those guys? They're just, quarterback. Don't overthink quarterback. Bro, when he comes back, it's like a blockbuster. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. I mean, Zach Prescott might be better than him. It's also not. You're not necessarily getting Andrew Luck from 2014. You're getting like post social I mean, surgery. Andrew Luck on a yeah. massive post post social uh, shoulder surgery on a team that had a bad offensive line last year that might be worse this year. You draft Andrew Luck there. Stop playing fantasy. Oh. <laughs> All right, quick lightning round. Each of you guys, um, give me one more overvalue, undervalue, and then we've got to move on to philosophies and get out of here. Uh, I think right now overvalued. Leonard Fournette might start to be overvalued simply mm, because as, as long as the Jaguars struggle to figure out their, their quarterback situation, that's going to hurt uh, Leonard Fournette's potential production. Uh, my undervalued guy right now, maybe Devontae Parker. 
Um, with the change at quarterback, I mean, look, it, it caught my attention when Jay Cutler said Devontae Parker is a faster Alshon Jeffrey. And I don't know if the rest of the world has clued in just yet, but right now Parker's hanging around, I think, seventh, eighth round. And I'll, I'm surprised I'll Cutler even knows who's on his team. That's, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. There you go. Uh, what about you, Franchise? Overvalued, I'm going to go Spencer Ware. He just uh, doesn't do it for me in the fifth round. You I got, love you got Hunt. Kareem Hunt. I love, oh, I love, yeah, I love Kareem Hunt. And uh, – my undervalued is going to be Kelvin Benjamin because you can get him Ooh. in, like, the sixth round right. as, like, your flex wide receiver, and he's doing nothing but scoring touchdowns in the preseason, and everyone still thinks he's fat or something. If that bod's tight and right, it seems all right. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Just come on. That? that was pretty good. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, correct. I did it. I'm very proud. Okay, here we go. Greg, did you have anything else to add? One more? You want to throw one real quick? Garrett Blunt is a terrible draft pick. Oh. That is going. <laughs> he's going real. If, if I don't care that he didn't look good in the preseason. It seems insi- like he's just going to be a role player there. Okay. Mark? I should well, someone I like. I don't like the idea of DeMarco Murray as the 12th overall pick, to be honest. Mm. That's a little much. Um, well, like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, the guy's not playing. I just I don't know. I, it's, I, I can agree with that. I think I would wait a little longer. That's on, all I'll be DeMarco. saying. Thank you. <laughs> All right, finally. Okay, who wants to go first, though? I, uh, I don't care. All right. I'll, I'll do my draft philosophy. Right. Here we go. Let me set this up. So now, because we have fantasy professionals uh, in our midst, not you are as well, Greg, a little outside the game now. but Past my prime. I still respect <laughs> your knowledge for sure. Uh, but these guys are active, active greats in the industry. And I want you guys to imagine yourselves speaking in front of uh, a class of graduates of Fantasy U, and you are the keynote speaker. What do they call it when you get the stupid diploma that you didn't earn? The honorary. Uh, honorary doctorate. Yeah. yeah, honorary degree, yeah. Yeah, and you're wearing the stupid outfit and the whole thing. And you're, you you want to impart some wisdom, a fantasy philosophy to all these young kids that are just entering the fantasy realm with so much, eyes wide open, so filled with hope. Franchise, speak to them. All right, kids, listen up. Don't uh, don't buy into the latest draft trends. You know, last year it was zero wide receiver. If you went that route, you probably got burned because you were drafting guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson in the second round when you could have got DeMarco Murray and LaShawn McCoy and won your league. You got banged. Don't let position dictate how you're drafting. Zig when the rest of your league is, is zagging and take advantage of, uh, you know, the trends as the draft is happening. Beautiful. Preach. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Marcus? Understand, kids, <laughs> that when you look at a list and you see average draft positions, those are people trying to make rules for you. You don't have to follow the rules. Mm. You can blaze your own path. Think of the ADP as a suggestion. You have a guy that you like, and the rest of the world tells you you have to wait until the fifth round. Go get your guy. Get him. Go <laughs> get your guy. Have the confidence to believe that you are making the right choice. And you will be a yes! better fantasy manager. Yes! <laughs> Get that wall. Let's go! Yes! Kick right, the doors down! Yes! Go to the real world! <laughs> the world is your oyster, kids! Firing. Wow. That's my uh, that's my you know, Dr. Seuss, the places you will go. Who, know, for the who knew uh, Marcus was Newt Rockney? <laughs> that was great. I would run through a wall for you, Marcus Graham. <laughs> wow. And that franchise. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. So, all right. The Tell us a little bit, um, uh, some plugs before we go. Uh, you guys are both on Twitter, obviously. Handles? Yep. 
at Matt Franchise. Uh, at Marcus G. That's Marcus with an A. Yeah, make sure you get that right. The uh, Fantasy Live podcast twice, twice a, a week. week. Monday, Thursday. Twice a week. They are part of the NFL Media podcast umbrella, and they do great work on that. Uh, so make sure you check that. And, of course, all their pages at NFL.com. Uh, and and uh, NFL Fantasy Live, by the way, back on NFL Network September 4th, Labor Day Monday, a three-hour extravaganza. Wow. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, extravaganza is kind of our thing. Oh, sorry. Can Marathon? I, can I say spectacular? Literally anything else other than Spe- Spectacular, then. That's okay. spectacular. Okay, cool. Very good. All right. There we go. Thank you very much, boys. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Quiet Storm. Dan Hansen signing off for the Quiet Storm. Marcus Grant, the franchise, the boss, and LC behind the glass. Still Monday. Oh. <laughs> Waiting on me for Friday's part. Here we go. <laughs> Do it. Well, should I not cut that off? You want to keep going? No, that's good. That's all I have. <laughs> Save that for after the show. Please put that in after. I'm um, I'm cool. I'm one of the cool kids. Don't you guys? Don't <laughs> you don't have to worry. Right, oh, good. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.